ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Ladies and gentlemen, we're live here. This is Rabbi Garfinkel of Project 613 of Chicago with a live studio audience. All right, that was pretty good. All right, thank you to our children, Tiki and Bacheva, for that amazing live studio audience. Okay, we have, oh my goodness, an absolutely power-packed podcast for you this week with abs, two absolutely stunning, incredible stories. Each of them directly paralleling the Torah portion of the week. It is absolutely incredible uh, how much two videos that have gone around in Israel, now around the world, directly relate to this week's Torah portion given to the Almighty at Mount Sinai 3,335 years ago. Okay, and um, we uh, (laughs) have a very... Uh, had a very special week at Project 613 this last week. It was our last dinner and discussion and really had a, a very fun uh, and informational session with Rabbi Marcus about why Jews don't have FOMO about Xmas. So if you're listening to this on Xmas Day, thank you for tuning into Torah. Thank you for plugging into your Judaism. And please don't have any FOMO none whatsoever we've we got the goods and we are very proud of being jewish okay so here we go you know there was a great philosopher in america uh, back when i was growing up in the 80s and he said that a diamond is just a piece of coal that did well under pressure because basically that's what a diamond is a diamond is distinguished itself because under pressure it basically became a diamond. At least that's what the geologists say. And it is true that it is a very Jewish idea that difficulties and challenges and pressure and stress can either break a person or they can bring out his or her greatness. And I want you all to know and be so proud of the Jewish people, especially our brothers and sisters in the land of Israel, who are diamonds, true diamonds. So let's get right to it in terms of what happened in this week's, past week's Torah portion, Vayigash. Okay, so imagine this great reunion. We have Yosef was the brother who was sold down to slavery and had not seen his father in 22 years. And Yosef actually thought that excuse me, Yaakov thought that Yosef was killed, had been killed by a wild animal. And he thought he was dead. And then imagine 22 years later, they are reunited. And not only they're reunited, but Yosef was the head honcho in all of Egypt. But our commentators explained that that Yaakov, Jacob, was not so impressed by the fact that he was the viceroy of Egypt. He was even more impressed that Yosef stayed faithful to his Judaism, stayed faithful to Hashem God, stayed faithful to be among 
the tribes of Israel. That is what Jacob, Yaakov, was most impressed with. Okay, and so they have a dramatic reunion in chapter 46 and verse 29 in Genesis. Bereshus, Vayasar Yosef Merkavto. Yosef gathered up. He strapped on. He saddled his ride, his chariot. Vayal, he crossed Israel and he went up to greet Israel, his father, Aviv, Goshna to Goshen. Vayera elav, and he appeared in front of him. Vayipol al tzavarav, and Yosef fell on Yaakov's neck. Vayefk al tzavarav od, and he, Yosef, cried on his neck, on Yaakov's neck, od. Now, the verse is a little bit funny because we would expect that it would be a mutual crying. It would be a mutual head down on each other's shoulders, right? You'd imagine this dramatic reunion. Rashi picks up with the, the grammar that it's in the singular and not the plural and says the following. He says that really it was a one-way street. It was Yosef doing all that. Aval Yaakov. Lo nafal al Yosef. No, 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 no. Jacob did not fall on the neck of Yosef. Velo nashko. He didn't even kiss him. Va'amru Rabbosenu. Our rabbis explain. Shahaya kore eshma. He was saying the shma. Shema Yisrael. Okay, I'll spare you the rest. Excuse me? Hello, you haven't seen your son in 22 years. Is there not a drop of emotion to you? And the answer is, of course, there was a drop of emotion in him. He was overflowing with emotion. And the commentators, there's many different commentators on this. I will share with you my particular favorite, which is the Maharal of Prague, who says that at that moment, Yaakov was so filled with joy that his son was not only alive, that his son was a faithful Jew, and he had reached an incredible status in Egypt to be able to provide for his family and all of the world, in fact. But the main thing is that Yosef was a tzaddik. He was a righteous person. He stayed true to Judaism. That he did not keep that moment to himself. It would have been selfish. He wanted to use that moment as a way to elevate himself and Yosef to connect to Hashem. That we don't keep things to ourselves. We share them. We elevate them to the higher level with Hashem. In ultimate gratitude, Hashem, you are the one who brought Yosef back to me. You are the one who kept him faithful to Judaism all these years. And therefore, I don't selfishly keep all of this wonderful emotion. I dedicate it to you in gratitude. And what is the way that a Jew pledges allegiance to the CEO of the universe? Kriyat Shema by saying the Shema. And therefore, that is what he was doing. And in these moments of intense emotional elation, he didn't want the emotion to be an end of itself. He wanted to capitalize on it. He wanted to distill it. He wanted to make it into a real entity and elevate it up to holiness, up to God. Wow. That is a tzaddik. That is a really righteous, righteous purpose, uh, person. Okay. And guess what happened this week? Again, I wish I could show you the video. An unbelievable thing. There is an Israeli soldier coming back 
I, I saw in one description, it was the first time since the beginning of the war. And you see the, I hope many of you have seen these beautiful reunion videos of Israeli soldiers coming back for the front. This one was particularly touching and moving. You see a soldier coming into a base medrash, a study hall, a yeshiva. And there's a very studious rabbi there with a long white beard and a white shirt, black yarmulke. And the son, the soldier, says, Slicha, excuse me. And the father, this evidently rabbi, Talmud Chacham, wise man, Torah scholar, looks up and he doesn't have his glasses on and he can't, he's like a little bit dazed. Who's calling him? And then he recognizes that it's his son who's home safe from Gaza after over two months of battle. And he gets up and they hug. And when they're hugging each other, the father says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. He says Shema, just like Yaakov, just like Jacob did so many years ago. Almost four millennium before that, he dedicated his joy to the Almighty. And as he's hugging his son, he's holding him tight, and he steps back, he looks at him, and he says, you're all full, you're all whole, your body and everything, you're not missing any limbs. And then he hugs him again, and he immediately starts praying for the Jewish people. He said, all the sons should come home to their fathers. All the Israeli soldiers should come home healthy and full in body and full in spirit. And he begins this long prayer for the Jewish people. Because that's a Jew, folks. That's a Jew. A Jew doesn't just keep the joy for himself. He uses a way to elevate himself in the entire Jewish people and to connect himself to God and to pray for every Jewish soldier to come back to their fathers. Wow. Wow. All right. And as dramatic and incredible as that video clip is, there's one that's absolutely um, it's, it's actually hard to describe how incredible this. Okay, so we're going to start with another section of the Torah, and we're going to get to that. Okay, so the other section, again, in this week's Torah portion. This happened this week's Torah portion, the, the Torah portion, and then the father. Now we're going to get an incredible Jewish mother. You ready for this? So you can imagine, put yourself in Joseph's shoes or sandals. <laughs> I guess he wore sandals. I don't know. Golden sandals. Okay, he was sold by his brothers down to Egypt. There was a debate if they were going to kill him. Okay, so they were lenient and didn't kill him. They sold him down to Egypt. And Joseph then had a very difficult time. Several years in jail, uh, falsely accused of adultery with Potiphar's wife, shamed, disgraced. And wherever Yosef was, he always rose to the top. Even in the jail, he rose to the top. Okay, and then eventually the story of the dreams, and he solved all the dreams, and that was amazing and incredible. And eventually he, as the dream solver, became, it was so clear that he was gifted with a godly intelligence. Even Pharaoh said that, okay, he's going to run Egypt. You imagine how impressive Yosef was, all right? And, but you can imagine that, that 
you'd have a lot of pent up negativity towards the brothers. Like, imagine your own siblings. Imagine your own family members that annoy you. <laughs> I know it never happens to anyone. Certainly doesn't happen to me. Our family is perfect. I want you to know. Well, we're pretty good, but all right. But <laughs> no one ever annoys anyone. Now imagine um, how little it takes for people to hold a grudge nowadays. Now, by the way, I want you all to know what I am about to talk about is a mida, is a character trait called being ma'avir al-midosav, is to overlook the hurt that is done to you. Um, I think it is the hardest character trait to master or even to make any inroads in, in all of Jewish ethical personal development. I'll say that again. What we're about to discuss right now is probably the most difficult character trait to master, and there are many character traits that we need to master, is overlooking the harm the misdeeds that others do to us. So what does it take for us to bear a grudge? Oh, he didn't include me in the tennis game. He, uh, he didn't call me back. He, he didn't uh, give me uh, praise when I wanted to it. Or, you know, she forgot to, to text me. Uh, she, she blew it. She, she spilled something on my carpet. Um, you know, should I go on and on pettiness? Now, as I'm doing, getting ready for this podcast, I have my back. Okay, okay, let's just be real. Can I be real with you? at 13 and a half minutes in the podcast. So I have my backpack, all right? I have a backpack, nice new one, beautiful, it's Hanukkah gift, all right? And I have my books, my holy books, and my tefillin, and I leave it in. And not always do I undo my backpack, okay? Uh, there's a point to this, folks. You'll, you'll hear in a second. Um, and, and I leave it on my chair. But sometimes, thank God, we have a busy house. We have a lot of people in it. And I find my backpack on the ground. Now, is it the worst thing in the world? It's not the worst thing in the world. But I don't want my holy books and your tefillin on the floor. They're holy items. And so right before this podcast, <laughs> this is confessional over here, I was like, come on, guys. I've asked so many times and get all huffy. Who put my backpack? And I'm starting to see myself get all hot and heavy. And I realize, oh, I got to go record a podcast about not getting upset at others and not holding a grudge. Okay? By putting a backpack on the ground. Okay? That's what we hold grudges for. Now, Yosef, instead, everything the brothers put him through. Okay? What? What does he say? What does he say? He says in chapter 45. He says, I'm Yosef, right? Your brother, okay? It is me whom you sold into Egypt, okay? Excuse me, that was later. He says, and Yosef, his brothers, I'm Yosef. Is my father still alive? And the brothers couldn't answer. They were totally, totally blown away, literally blown away. They could not even answer. And he says, come close to me. And he says, I'm your brother. You sold me to Egypt. Remember that guy? And he says, now, don't be distressed. Don't be upset. Don't even scald yourself for having sold me here. For, for there was a divine plan, basically. God sent me here because there's going to be a famine in the land. And God sent me through you to become the viceroy of Egypt. So don't feel bad, guys. Really, no hard feelings. Can you imagine Yosef doing that? And then now, literally, Yosef having mastered this character, I want you to remember this name, Iris Chaim. Iris Chaim is one of the great ladies walking planet Earth, people walking planet Earth. She, her son, Yotam, was one of the three hostages that uh, escaped 
They escaped captivity do in during the bombing, and and they the three of them uh, were trying their best to alert the Israeli army that they were there. They made a sign. It was a little bit of a crude sign that there were three um, captives uh, hostages that had escaped, and and they came out without wearing shirts on, and they had a white flag, but. Unfortunately, the, there was just a change in the guard and the previous shift didn't tell the next shift that about the sign and the, they weren't aware of the possibility that there would be hostages in the area. And many times Hamas does that. They come out without shirts on and they, they booby trap and then they have a white flag and they draw the soldiers and they shoot them. So it's not a cut and dried situation. And unfortunately, the Israeli soldiers shot all three of the Israeli hostages. And I want you to know it led to a depression in all of Israel and certainly a depression in that unit. And I want to share with you the incredible, absolutely unbelievable words of Iris Chaim. She calls up the platoon and leaves a message for the very platoon that killed her son. And here are her words, and I'll try to translate. She introduces herself to the platoon. I am Yotam's mother, one of the hostages that was killed. I want to tell you that I love you very much. Can you imagine this? This mother to these soldiers who killed her son. I want to tell you I love you very much. I'm hugging you here from afar. I know that what happened was totally and completely not your fault. It was only Hamas's fault. And I want you to think, when you're in your service, the, the thing that is, you're doing the most important work that possibly could be done. And we need all of you healthy. Don't hesitate one moment. If you see a terrorist, don't wait one second. Don't even think about what happened by killing a hostage. You need to guard on yourselves, yourselves, because that's the only way you're going to protect us. It says, and at the earliest possibility, I want all of you <laughs> to come visit me, visit us. And we want to hug you and kiss you. And however much it hurts to say this. And how much it's sad, it was the right thing to do at the time. And she says, none of us blame you. 
None of us, maybe not me, my husband, Yotam's sister, Yotam, his brother. No one, no one blames you. And that's all. Can you imagine this diamond? Can you imagine the rabbis say that someone who has mastered this midah, this character trait of being able to overlook the harm that is done to you is stronger, is more powerful than the sun in its greatest time of the day. And that's the title of this podcast, More Powerful Than the Sun. This woman, Iris Chaim, is, is an angel on earth that she was able to overlook the worst possible thing that was done. Now, obviously, it was by accident, but she has every right to spend the rest of her life in bitterness. And then what happened? And there's another video I can't play for you right now of, of a soldier going to visit her from that platoon. And he said, I want you to know we were all destroyed. We were all totally wiped out. We couldn't even fight until we got your message. And after we got your message, we were back doing the job that we needed to do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to be part of the Jewish people. It is an honor to call Iris Chaim a fellow Jew. I'm honored that she is a member, uh, that I'm a member of her people. And so we finish. There's a great war out there, but there's a great war inside each and every one of us to be the best Jew that we can be. Is there one person that we could reach out to in the merit of Iris that we can apologize to? Someone that we've pulled away from that maybe, just maybe, we can overlook the bad that that person did intentionally or unintentionally? Okay, I'm not talking about abuse situations. Obviously, you have to be normal and understand. I'm talking about the regular back and forth of life. How many times do we pull away? If Iris... Chaim can overlook what happened to her and want to hug the soldiers who did it, that we can do as well. God bless. Have an amazing week. And we're looking forward to seeing you right back here next week for another exciting edition of Monday Motivation.